1: Hey there, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip Podcast for the week of June 15th, 2020. Hope everybody out there is either enjoying or has enjoyed uh, Josh Gad's Reunited Apart uh, video. We'll be talking about that next week. This week on the show, we have Doug Banks, the uh, creator, the game master of Ghostbusters Resurrection, the incredible podcast uh, role-playing game. Uh, he's going to tell us how things came to be, give us some pointers, uh, tell us what's coming with the next season. Stay tuned. All right. This is a very uh, special and uh, an episode that Chris and I have been looking forward to for quite some time since we talked about it in a parking lot uh, at FanFest at uh, 1230 in the morning, it seems. Uh, um, almost,
2: almost a year to the day. By one my year
1: to the day. That's, that's how oh, long it took.
3: Cra- I didn't even realize it was like a year. To- yeah. That's
1: insane. Yeah. So we're we're here with Doug Banks. You might know him from uh, the GB Resurrection podcast or might have interacted with him uh, online and social media and... Um, and this has been a, a long time in the making, and I'm so glad that it's happening. So, thanks, Doug. Thanks for uh, hopping on the show with us.
3: Hey, it's my pleasure. You say, "Oh, you've been looking forward to this for a long time." Not as long as me, okay? Because, like, I, you know, I, I, when I commute anywhere, I'm usually listening to the uh, to, to your show. Except, I've noticed that when I listen to it. My commute isn't so long that I could do a whole episode, so I usually listen to it slightly faster. So now that I'm speaking to you guys in person, and when I, you know, well, when I spoke to you guys in person, and now speaking to you live, it's like you're a little bit slower. So it's like you've both been drinking. <laughs> 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 Who's to say I'm not drinking, frankly? So, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's also true. That's a big part of it. Um, uh,
3: but I, I, I met you both in person at the fan fest last year, and uh, being like. Among the like all the other crowds, it was like I, I'll never I'll never forget being at Fan Fest in front of the stage. Ray Parker Jr. is singing this extended version of the Ghostbusters theme. I got Troy and Chris over here. I got Ecto Crank over here. I got the Yes Have Some podcast over like in front of me, and then Stay Puff comes up the aisle behind <laughs> us and just starts like you know <laughs> spazzing out behind Chris. And I'm like, I, I'm the odd one out here. It's like, I, what am I doing here? How did I get here? So, yeah, that's that's my explanation of, of, like, thank you for having me. That's my way uh, of saying Oh, no, that.
1: I mean, if yeah, if, if you've ever wondered what it's like to dance at a club with an inflatable Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, we can tell you all about it now. It was <laughs> quite an experience. <laughs> Um. But uh, yeah. So so. And I have to. I have to thank you because vice versa. I listen to the GB Resurrection podcast. Uh, on my way into work uh, because it's it's like listening to a great radio drama every uh, <laughs> every drive. So um. Yeah. This is this is perfect. So so I'm familiar with Resurrection. <laughs> it's,
2: it's like a, a great radio. Uh, the great radio uh, uh, plays of old. You know, but it's like. Uh, welcome to Welco Theater. Roll for initiative. It's like uh, it's just, that, just that little bit that, that that makes it more modern. I love it. Yeah, I'm the same well, way. That's, that's I, what, you know, Troy said it's like a great radio show. It's I, not a great radio I, show, but it's like it's one. It's like, well, it
1: is. It's, it's different. It's its own unique thing. Um, you know, it's you don't have Christopher Lloyd out in the uh, wings of the stage uh, doing all of the sound effects. You guys are putting a lot of production value and stuff into it and, and making it awesome. Um but um, well, so I, I think maybe we should start for the uninitiated. Start Let's start there. Uh, tell us where did Resurrection start? Where? Tell us a little bit about yourself, too. Uh, where do you
3: where do you hail from, Mr. Doug Banks?
1: What's your story?
3: <laughs> uh, well, first, uh, I would say for those who don't know, Ghostbusters Resurrection is an actual play role playing podcast where we play the original 1980s Ghostbusters tabletop role playing game. And as you may have guessed by now, we add all these sound effects, music, and try and make it sound like a you know old timey radio show, but you know at least like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as for myself, um, I'm born and raised in the state of Florida, uh, which is why the adventures follow the Central Florida Ghostbusters. Um, I have been a lifelong fan of Ghostbusters, and uh, I would say maybe around the year oh. 1999 or 2000, I stumbled across a website called Proton Charging, and I would go there like every day looking for updates on Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> and, but through that website, which obviously listeners should know uh, because of Chris, uh, I discovered the role playing game because it was a post that Chris had made like I don't even know how long ago at this point. But I was like, oh, weird. This is a Ghostbusters thing I've never heard of. And I just read as much about it as I could, tried to find other websites talking about it, and it just sort of sat there in the back of my mind for a very long time until maybe around 2012 uh, a friend of mine had finally introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons and I was really hesitant to play because I feel like role playing games are like you know there's a stigma about them being like too nerdy even for nerds like it's just it's just like this extra level that's almost too much for a lot of people but I took the leap and in playing it um it was a lot of fun and then I said hey uh anyone want to run the Ghostbusters game because I want to be a Ghostbuster in this Ghostbusters game nobody wanted to do it so I had to like learn (laughs) to play it um yeah and uh, uh but I had people who'd be willing to play it so I uh I just dove into the books and tried to learn how to make a game and uh in the meantime as a fan way before I thought about running a game I went to school for film and tv and everything and I uh I fancied myself a screenwriter and oh gosh way back in like 2007 i was like you know what uh, i want to write a ghostbusters 3 that i would want to see if i was making it how would i want it to look and i had all these notes and i started to write a screenplay but it was way too much effort for something i knew that no one would ever read so fast forward back to when i'm playing the ghostbusters game i said hey what if i just adapt my fan fiction of what a third movie would be and just instead cast my friends and change the location from new york to central florida and then before i knew it i had like an outline for an entire campaign but i was still so unsure of like myself as a dm um i wanted to record myself and then listen to myself to see like if i was as good as some of my other dm friends when playing dungeons and dragons Ah. so i was like okay well if i listen to myself and i sound like crap i can at least improve upon myself as opposed to just sort of waiting for feedback So I did that for the first like two or three sessions. I went back and listened to it. And while I was listening to it on my computer, I had my headphones on and I pulled up. I I just had the curious thought of like, what if I played music while I'm listening to this? And I just start playing the Ghostbusters like soundtrack, you know, while listening to it. I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny how it sometimes matches up. And then one of my characters says, "Okay, well, we're about to fight this thing. I'm going to turn my proton pack on. So I pulled up YouTube and I just found it just like a three second clip of the proton pack sound effect. And I played that while listening to it. And I was like, oh, I, I think I've unlocked something here <laughs> that this is, this is taking us to the next level. So in order to – so I recorded it to listen to myself, but then to make my friends laugh, I added all the sound effects and music. And I put that on – like I, I created a Tumblr just for them to have a place because I didn't know where to, to store Yeah audio so i just made a tumblr and i just threw the audio up on there in the into the tumblr's player whatever it was and my friends started to listen to it they thought it was funny and they shared you know like wayne's world and and they shared with two friends and then they shared with two <laughs> friends and so on and so and on so and so on and so on yeah and then uh cap from nerdy show suddenly reached out to me out of the blue and was like hey um, some of our fans of our show have talked about your show and we dug into it and found out that you're are you really in central florida because your show takes place in central florida and i'm like yeah and then it was like oh we have to get these two together so we met up and uh the rest is history from there we went on to host we were hosted on the nerdy show website and that's how everyone else has found us since then
1: man talk about right place right time for all of those things i i didn't even know that chris you were responsible for all of this that's a that's a cool part of
2: the origin story that I didn't know that you had discovered the RPG through uh, proton charging through, through my, I actually, while he was talking, I looked it up February Valentine's day, as it turns out, 1999, I posted wow. the first part of that. Awesome.
3: That's good. That's, that's awesome to know. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, that was Valentine's a day. long time oh, ago,
3: you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, but like the, 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 ultimate, like the, the amazing thing was that after we were doing like, we did like season one and we we're getting ready to do season two, um, Chris reached out to me on GB fans, like on the forums and didn't use a handle that I recognized. I I didn't associate this handle with Chris. So like he just sends me this message. He's like, Hey, I want to send you guys something. I I enjoy the show. I want to send you something. What, What address should I send something to? And I'm like, all right, stranger. Uh, I had him send it to my friend's house. So, so my, my friend, <laughs> like you do, yeah. So my friend got this uh, like uh, thing. But a- after after I gave the address, um, I suddenly made the connection that this was Chris. I was like Chris, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, send it. And then all of a sudden, we open up and it's the original. Chris sent us the original GM screen, and you even sent us the proton charging dice. So you basically handed me the physical versions. Of of what I saw on that original post that made me want to play the game in the
2: first place. So, Uh Fate had a
3: funny way of being like cyclical there.
2: I I didn't realize until just this minute that people, you have your friend that'll help you uh, move. Your friend that'll help you move a body, and your friend that you'll ship a potential bomb to. Yeah, <laughs> just to, just to be he safe. Did, he
3: didn't know I did that either. He was like, "I was like, hey, Josh, just so you know, I have some mail coming." He's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just uh, it's 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 fine. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not from a stranger anymore. I know who it is." But it's he's, why would you you gave my stra- you gave my address to a stranger online? I'm like, well, you know. And that's how you know he's a good friend. Yeah. Yeah, it, it all it worked out for for everybody.
1: Uh well th- this makes a whole lot of sense now that you're cuz that you're you're a professor as well, right? you you teach screenwriting and storytelling as well? I
3: did. Um I am I am currently uh uh seeking employment opportunities uh but yes, I did I did teach screenwriting. I uh oh gosh, starting in 2005 I want to say. I started as a teaching assistant for um for my screenwriting professor who like changed my life and was, like, very re- affirming that, that oh, yeah, no, you could totally, you could totally do this, and that, you know, all my nerdy attention to detail was, was not for nothing <laughs> growing up, um, so I became her teaching assistant, and I did that for, um, eight years, and then I followed her from different places, so I've, I've taught, uh, in one form or another, I've taught screenwriting at several different places, uh, here in central Florida, and, uh, uh, I enjoy it very much, and it's kind of what keeps me on my toes, and, uh, 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 keeps me in a, in, in a keeps my brain in writer mode, yeah. which uh, enables me to keep making games and 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 of course you know trying to apply that screenwriting knowledge to uh, making role playing games is like it's a, I couldn't do it without it like I, I don't know how people do it if they if they haven't like looked up story structure and stuff but it's that's just that's the crutch I lean on to get the to get that stuff done.
1: Yeah, if if anybody out there is listening, hire this man because he is an incredible storyteller. Uh, based on the campaigns that I've listened to, you you can throw in the great uh, twists and turns and curveballs and add the humor. And uh, if if your scripts are as good as your uh, your GMing uh, is, that man, I, I would love to read them and love to uh to see them uh turned into performances on the screen or, or stage. Um, well,
3: hey, you know that's very very flattering. You know, uh, being a <laughs> Being a uh, uh, – uh, I was raised Catholic, so it's hard for me to take a compliment, but yet I crave validation, so that means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> I hear
1: you. I'm in the same boat. Um, but well, t- tell us about the game. Tell us uh, – so obviously we kind of know where that first storyline, that first campaign came from. Uh, how did it evolve from there? How have these characters sort of – taken shape over is it f- three seasons now four seasons where
3: yeah well we finished we finished recording season three uh, a while back and now it's just a matter of editing and releasing season three so the story in terms of behind the scenes is in the can it's done um, we haven't <laughs> we're, we're still we still have a few more episodes to go for season three but yes over the course of three seasons and I mean I, I it depends on how in-depth you guys want to go on this because like I could talk at great length uh, due to my lecturing I guess m- the nature I ha- I don't know whatever if, if you put me at a party I'm usually Usually, the first one to shut up and stay
2: oh, quiet. But I as mean, soon as you bring yeah, up you've, Ghostbusters,
1: you've heard our show. You know that we can go for an hour and a half, two hours. So please, feel yeah. free, uh, full full and throttle, I, full speed ahead.
2: I, I certainly want to hear about the evolution of the game itself, not just the the gang and the story you're running through. But sure. I mean, along the way, you, the you you guys have tweaked the mechanics. You started changing like the the equipment rules, which. Uh, moved in the direction then of you guys made your own cards, uh, like, cause I, I kind of want to hear about all of that. Cause you guys have basically in the absence of anybody, uh, printing that game in, you know, uh, 30 years. Um, I mean, you guys have been, you guys are the only people that are, are currently like, uh, evolving it and growing it. So I kind of want to hear yeah. about that.
3: Um, well, uh, so pl- interrupt me at any time <laughs> because I will I will pick a tangent and stick to it and and beat it into the oh, ground. Please do. So, um, so anyway, uh, so where to begin really? So with season one, uh, if you listen to season one, especially episode one of season one, what you are hearing is is baby Doug GMing. Like I have I had no GM experience before that. Um, I had only played Dungeons and Dragons, so every little. Every little thing about that was my first go around, and you can actually—I uh, tell people—you can actually hear uh, as the episode goes on. Um, I get further and further away from the mic because, in reality, I was so intimidated. I was pushing my, unconsciously, rolling my chair away from my friends. <laughs> like, just I would just became so like <laughs> nervous about. I want to make this so good, and I don't know if it's funny enough yet. Um, but. Uh, over the course of the first few episodes, I got my confidence up a little bit more and I got comfortable. And I mean, these were all my friends in real life. So it wasn't like, there it was a really low-stakes scenario now that I think about it. <laughs> but, um, starting from that, I then started to say, okay, well, I need to reward them. And they have all the equipment, but, you know, we know that Ghostbusters 2 is a thing. So I know they want slime blowers. And I looked, I tried to look up the rules for the slime blowers in the, um, and the officially printed, uh, uh, rules for, for slime blowers. And, and like, that was fine. It, it just didn't feel like it didn't behave the way I thought a slime blower would behave. So we, that's, that was the beginning of us trying to modify the rules. And I would work with, um, the players, um, and, uh, uh, try and say like, well, what sounds fair to you? Um, so for those who maybe haven't played, um, basically the whole thing is based on D sixes. So you're only rolling a regular, shaped dice you don't have to do any of the fancy role-playing dice um and typically uh, i don't gosh i don't want to go into explain the rules you guys have already explained explained the rules basically but basically um uh i then started to do a breakdown because i knew that once they had the slime blowers they'd want other pieces of equipment especially since the video game was super popular i then was like oh shoot okay um all right, well, how would the Dark Matter Generator work? How would the Mason Collider work? You know, how would the Slime Tether work? How would this work? And funny enough that um, uh, where I was working at that time, I was actually working alongside, uh, I think he was one of the lead animators on the Ghostbusters video game. And I was saying hey, man, so you know I'm a fan of the game. And he's just like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm like, really? Like, really a fan of the game? <laughs> you do like, really, really? Dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. dude.
3: Yeah. Um, and then he opened up and we started sharing, like, secrets about the video game. And I was hoping that I was like, hey, man, is there, like, a stat? Like, could I adapt, like, the damage stats from the video game? to the dice like do you have those numbers he goes i don't but i might know someone who does and he actually looked into it long story short um we couldn't find it (laughs) but um (laughs) but i'd made that attempt early on to try and directly like okay if you know the uh Dark Matter Generator does this much damage. The Stasis Stream does this much damage. So on and so on and so on. But um, but we couldn't find it, so we just had. So I just made it up after that. Um, but he 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 informed me on a lot of cool things that like helped form uh, how I shaped the game. One of the things that I loved, I don't remember if anybody remembers this, but it was it stuck out to me as like someone who wants to make games was that um, uh, I had heard that early on in the development process, a video game had decided that I think it was every five feet or ten feet, every like ten feet in the game that your character moves through, one of three things needs to happen it either needs to be action, something action packed needs to happen. Something scary needs to happen or something funny needs to happen. Hmm. And that that became like my blueprint for all of the games I made. So for every scene that I was going to run with the characters, I knew, okay, is this going to be a funny scene, scary scene or action? And then over so I would divide scenes up like that. And then overall for the entire sit down session, for the entire episode, I would say is this episode horror oriented or action oriented or comedy oriented. And that just, you know, you lay the pattern down in front of me and I start filling in the blanks, you know, so then it just it just sort of built itself after that. Um, as far as, like, making up the new stuff, um, it was really just taking inspiration from, like, the Ghostbusters wikis out there, like, looking at all the different weapons and stuff, because I, all I ever wanted to do was give my players options, so, uh, like, they would say, hey, what about this piece of equipment here? What does this do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, and then I would look it up online and we'd figure out the rules for it and they'd decide whether they want to buy it or not and I'd slap a price tag on it and stuff. Um, and this is all basically just taking what had already existed with the original rule set and just expanding it, saying, "Well, if this means this, then this," and uh, sort of like logic algebra of some of some kind. Like if, if the rules were stating this, if I'm going to try and stick to those rules, like the framers of the Constitution, they interpreted the rule to be this. Well, I'm going to interpret the extension therefore to be this.
1: Yeah, that makes. Uh, and and uh, having to uh, cr- come up with all the creative stuff at the same time. So maybe it was that fueling ideas for you when you're coming up with the campaigns themselves like oh well if i add this mechanic it will allow x y or z to happen in, in the storytelling
3: um a little bit um it was more of like i would i since i'm like the writer by nature i tend to focus on like what what's the villain doing what's the story first and then i would look at like them and say okay well now i know what the story is going to be what's the game going to feel like like what do i want to have the players experience and i knew they would get certain pieces of equipment at a certain time and I'm like, okay, well you can't just give them a piece of equipment and say, all right, here's a slime tether. And I say, all right, well, what can I tether? Oh, nothing yet. You know, there's no point. You know, so like it, <laughs> so it one hand would kind of wash the other. Like one would would inform the other as as things would build. Um, and uh, but yeah after so after the other problem is that so after I'd made these rules for the extended equipment, then they're looking down at the paper printed Oh, gosh, so okay, so part of the game is that you have <laughs> these equipment cards, and while they're not a hundred percent necessarily required to play the game, it's super fun so um the cards that came with the game they they were you know they were like little perforated pieces of uh you know cardstock um I didn't own a physical copy of it, so I just made my own cards. I just went into Photoshop and I just slapped these things together using stills from the movie, like you know Venkman holds a, a you know a proton pack. And I said, here, that's the proton pack card, you know, whatever. So on and so on and so on. And, um, uh, so after I was making new equipment and I was like, well now I got to make new cards, but I was already with nerdy show at this point. So it was like, Hey, um, the show we're, we're like in the middle of season two and we have people asking us like to share our equipment cards and stuff, but mine are poorly done Photoshop pieces of garbage that are just to print on regular paper to hand to, to my, you know, to my players. Um, is there a way we could like make cards for players, like that? That listeners who wanted to play their own game could we like encourage right. that somehow? And uh, so, speaking with Cap, uh, we got our artist Matt, uh, and we all we all got together and made what is now the uh, the uh, the equipment card deck that we've that we've made, and um, they were very successful. We were very surprised um, at how many people were suddenly interested in it, um, because really we were just trying to. Fill a small request from like what seemed to only be a handful of people at the time, um, but uh, it it kind of grew out of control in a good way. Like it, I don't know, it's it's been it's been pretty fascinating to see like all this work that I put in. I, I I guess I don't know if I'm I don't think I'm a glutton for punishment or nothing, but like all the work that that everyone is like appreciating now, I was really only doing for four people, you know, <laughs> at one point. Wow. So I don't know. Like it was just it was just a way to sort of make a, a fun time with my friends that suddenly a lot of people are getting entertainment value out of which is which is awesome
1: well and i know because chris and i i like to point people toward toward the website saying look if if you want to get into the role playing game this is quite literally the resource you can go here and you can get anything and everything that you need um and and off off your off you are uh, but and yeah. and that's all of your hard work trying to get your uh your game up and running and um
3: yeah and and, and to be clear you don't like uh the, every when we say go to there it's like so if you go to gbrpg.com just the letters uh we have all of the rules all of the expanded rules and you can even download the equipment cards that we have made, like you we used to be you could buy the the physical versions, but if you don't want to cough up any money or you know in this case it's out of stock right now, you can still download the full color versions of that and print them and just make them on your own because again, this is just more about trying to be a resource hub for anyone who wants to play the game, the thing that I wish that I had found you know back when I was first starting sure. to play the game
1: oh, that's awesome so in in creating all of these things what what was the most difficult? part what was the most difficult uh adaptation you had to make what was the most difficult mechanic i mean you mentioned the slime blower and having to figure out you know the the logistics of the slime tether but what what kind of uh what was one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to face in these 3 seasons
3: hmm well mechanically speaking i guess um that's a tough one because they're all difficult in the, in in different ways i would say the the tough thing for me to figure out because i was still a new gm like going going into this um and I have since played many other games and GM would many other games, but um, something that's still tough for me is uh, trying to figure out a winnable scenario. Um, Like I don't, I don't want to, my my personal GMing style is I make the villain and here's his, you know, his or her like evil plans and they're going to conquer the world. It's this world ending thing. And you can't do that too often because then it just becomes mundane. No one cares. Um, But I would I I fell into this repetitious pattern of like okay I keep it secret for too long and now I'm going to reveal who the villain is and what their evil plan is and now <laughs> you got to go stop them and they would say oh okay great um how do we stop them oh, I don't know <laughs> like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't give them there, there was no puzzle to it there was just here's the unstoppable monster go take care of it and um and I never really gave them a path to like to actually figure it out so to so trying to figure out a villain and a problem that is solvable is is always something that I struggle with because i want it to be such a serious threat because if it's just a hey, you know uh it's like you know patrick swayze he's got to find out who killed him you know and then <laughs> you know it's like okay if i tell you straight if the ghost tells you please help me help me solve my own murder well then they would just do that yeah um, well
1: and you have to lay those breadcrumbs down for them to start to put the pieces together themselves too which is, is probably pretty difficult what what to reveal and when and uh what can they use against the, that villain in the end yeah
3: yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, when especially with you know trying to make these world-ending villains, you know, uh, you know, if 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 you make it that you you can't just cross the streams every time, like you know, and then there's I've, I've explicitly told them it's like, listen, you know, you did it one time, I give you the one time, but if you ever do it again, you look, you're just gonna die. You know, it's it's a it's a fluke that you made it the first yeah. time. To be to be frank,
2: where. Um I mean, after all this time, surely you've come upon the, uh, the second edition of the rules there. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at what point did you say to yourself, and I'm assuming like me, you looked at them and went, wow, these magic and crazy science rules are a little bit out there. Did you, did you, um, have you, I know you guys kind of wander through the world of magic, but you've never really seemingly in, embraced the whole you know and now it's time for buffy to have a willow sort of thing right like there's
3: yeah um, that's up to personal taste, I'm guessing, because like I, I read the that ex- the expanded rules in that second edition of it, the Ghostbusters International, I think is how they 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 yeah. they sold it. That's the one. Um Yeah, um, I remember reading that for season two, because I thought, okay, well, season one. Now that I got my you know my, my experience of being uh, an experienced you know game master or ghost master, if you will, I'm ready for the the, the big version, like with all the expanded rules and all the little nitty gritty details. And I just read it, and I was like, I know, I'm not feeling. this like you know it's just not even about complicated rules but just introducing unnecessary questions and stuff the thing i love about this game it's it's still out of all the games i've played dungeons and dragons um, i'm a huge fan of the new star wars edge of the empire like the uh, fantasy flight game system uh i you know other other d6 games i mean other west end d6 games to be even more specific the thing that i love about the ghostbusters one not just because it's well it is you know a lot of it's because it's ghostbusters but but all that aside just the mechanics is that it's just just d6s four
2: stats and it covers pretty much anything you 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 would pretty much everything exactly right like it's it is people ask me all the time right like my kids want to get into role-playing games and i'm like start here like and not only that you can start with them like you Hey mom or dad who feels you're you're completely out of the loop and you know behind the curve on role playing games, it doesn't get any easier than this. Just yeah just do I'm, this.
3: You you can't go wrong. Even if you don't want to play in a Ghostbusters universe, you want to play in another show or movie that you love, just take the system. It's so <clears throat> easy to change. Exactly. exactly. If I can do
2: it. Anyone can do it. I'm telling you. Exactly. It's so um yeah, it's it's the 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 longer uh well the older I get and it means the more time I have to chew over the game system the more I'm like this may on especially in in the last maybe not 10 years but certainly more than 5 years uh there's been a real uh encouragement for people to uh move away from the the tables and the stats and encourage kind of like collaborative storytelling and and improv almost you know like to to yeah to and this is this system is just ideal for it's literally it is literally <laughs> they even explained in the be, the beginning of the first one that it's like we just wanted to kind of remake the movies and let you remake you know have fun like you're in the movie it's like this is exactly what people love right now with all these newer systems it's like how to how to make it so that Everybody's just sort of riffing off everybody else and, and having a good time telling a story together. And this is this is it. This is all you need. It's like this this stripped down uh, backbone to to build all yeah. that on.
3: And and other games have like b- built upon these mechanics. Like I know um, World of Darkness uh, basically copied the idea of using a d six dice pool from this game. Um, Other games, the idea of like the wild die, you know, there's the the idea of like the wild dice, like if if this one particular dice rolls up a six, well, that means something bad happens. And I've played other games (laughs) where that was the case, or it's an exploding die or whatever. Uh, But for some reason, um, I don't know if it's the way they explain the rules in the Ghostbusters game or the way they explain it differently in other games. But the wild die here has been such a lightning rod for comedy. Mm. Uh, you know that I can't. I can't even really explain. Maybe it is just the setting of Ghostbusters. Maybe if you set it in the thing. But whenever I have played other games where there's a wild die and it's like, oh, negative consequence, and oh, this you know, uh, a bad thing happens, but it's usually not funny. It's usually like kind of edge of your seat, like you know, suddenly we have to make another roll and save someone before they fall off a cliff or something. Whereas here, this this is. Almost always been funny, like, and I can't fully explain why, but it just sort of naturally goes in that direction.
1: It almost feels like, yeah, because the the stakes are increasing every time. You know, uh, I'm I'm thinking of the one episode where they go into the um to the Walmart and the toilet starts spewing um uh, slime, (laughs) and and as the as the ghost die is just being thrown and and it's just getting more and more ridiculous and crazy, and you're just picturing their characters in that scenario, um, having to deal with this. Absurd, but you know, kind of catastrophic thing that's happening. <laughs> Maybe that's where it's 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 the unexpected. It's that humor that's coming from the least expected moment that's happening in the story. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's what makes the show so enjoyable to uh, to listen to.
3: I, I guess it's you know, uh, dare I dare I say it gives your game that second city feeling of like you know, someone from the audience you know give me something and it's just like something gets thrown out and then suddenly you have to incorporate this <laughs> well and now okay, you got to deal with this monster go. you know oh, yeah.
1: that's uh i mean and, and uh, also a testament to your players too because they're really they can roll with the punches and and also amp up the humor too which to chris's point like that's kind of the point of this game too is just to like have a good time and have fun and yeah uh you know the recurring jokes obviously will come uh, as you play through the campaign and uh, it works works out pretty well.
3: As far as like my players, I'm like super lucky, but like these are just my friends. Like these aren't like there's a lot of other shows out there where like you know they'll have um, improv comedians come on and play, or they'll get like you know other celebrities to come on and play, which is totally cool. But when I'm at the table with my friends, we're not thinking about the listeners. Like we're just making ourselves laugh. So just think of this as like a way of like yeah, none of us are professional you know performers in, in any real sense like you know they these these guys are blue collar workers just like everyone else and we're just we just yeah. get together and we just laugh and if it makes us laugh i just hope that it makes other people laugh and it it appears to be doing that so so just i, I just really want to encourage uh anyone who wants to play the game play with people that you love and you you're bound to have a good time yeah
1: agreed agreed um, well, uh, Chris, because I, I, I only wanted to keep poor Doug for a half hour, um, but do you uh, do you have anything else to uh, to chat with him about? I, I obviously want to check in on the status of the the next set of episodes. I was about and when to say we need gonna... to
2: put his feet to the the coals on that one. Yeah,
1: uh, wink. I know that they're very time-consuming, um, and mm-hmm. knowing that they're already recorded, that's that's great news. But actually, uh, how,
2: yeah, how much how much post-production do you put? Like, what started as a press press play on the music has seemingly <laughs> ballooned into uh, full on editorial. A, yeah, like um, like how uh, by my impression, you do a little bit of uh, you don't you don't seem to to tighten for time or anything like that. Occasionally any edits you do is somebody stop to go to the bathroom or something. Um, But just the, the effects and music in the background. Here, let me, let me stop guessing and just outright ask, like, (laughs) what is the process there? Uh,
3: A very complicated one. And it's, and and that's not, that's not me trying to sound whatever. uh, And I'm not trying to dodge the question. Let me, let me just put it this way. Um, Pre-production, before we even play the game, is uh, a very long pro- process. Because I now that we have listeners, I'm like, okay, well, first thing, I, my first original goal, no matter what, is I have to entertain my players at the table. Because if they're not entertained, well, then sure as heck, no one listening right. is going to be entertained. So my entire pre-production process, uh, especially if I'm working with uh, Cap or anyone else, is that, okay, let's make this game a great game. Then I don't worry about the audio, I don't worry about whatever, but then we sit down to play, we'll sit in the studio, we all have our microphones on, and that's a whole other complicated setup just to make sure everyone's coming in clear and we're not talking over each other. And that's, that's a, that's a minefield in and of itself. And then once the recording is done and uh, only then will I start to think about, okay, well now how does it sound? And uh, every time we sit down, um, we record, there's like the, the raw audio is maybe two to two and a half hours long. So each episode I'm cutting usually an hour to maybe, you know, an hour and a half, depending on how long it goes. So yeah, yeah. There. Th- so you're like, oh yeah, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of editing. It's like, there is, there's a ton. There's a ton. I mean, uh one of the things I learned early on when I was listening to myself is that I like will stutter a lot. I've, I've tried to actually curb my stuttering. I'm, I wouldn't say that I was a stutterer. Like I didn't have like a, a bad stuttering problem, but In order for me to pause to think of, like, how I wanted to answer a question that I wasn't prepared for, I'd be like, yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, well, like, uh, you know, the thing, uh, you know, like, uh," and (laughs) I would do that for, like, 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, no one wants to hear this garbage. So, like, I would cut all of that out. I would cut out all my little um, preambles before I would explain something. Uh, sometimes players would argue a point for like 10 minutes and it would be like, listen guys, Shrind you gotta back. make a decision. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes a button's just a button, you know, <laughs> just, just push the button, it's fine, you know. Um, uh, but then, so the first, my first wave is I cut for time and I try to shrink it to about an hour, hopefully a little bit less, sometimes a little more um, and then I need to put it uh, I, I equalize it and everything. And then I start adding the music and sound effects and I do that in one go. Um, and then I do like a super quick polish. Once I think I'm done, I go back to the beginning, listen to it and sort of edit it as I, as I go along. Um, when it's all said and done, I usually take about two and a half hours of raw audio, shrink it down to about an hour. The process is always different. If you try to, if you wanted like an estimate of like, okay, so for a typical, a typical episode, how long does it take to edit it? It is literally never the same. Like it is always different because it always depends on the context. Some episodes I think are going to be a breeze because they're just sitting there talking and they're just planning on what the next move is going to be. And it's like an hour of them at the firehouse. Uh, That ends up being longer because I get tripped up. It's like, well, there's no sound effects. There's no explosions. There's no proton packs. It's like, yeah, but there needs to be a mood here. So I'm going to change the background audio a little bit and I'm going to fine tune this. I'm going to try to work in stereo. I'm going to try to add incidental music, but not too much of it and balance that right anyway i think you get the idea is that uh it's it's super long and complicated um if i if i try to guess and give you a number oh man like if it was my full-time job i could probably do an episode every week to week and a half (laughs) um but with real life problems and everything else that comes in the way and i only really have time to edit in small chunks at a time sure um it becomes very time consuming but uh at the end of it and i listen to it I, I still very much enjoy the final product so it, it does make it worth it
1: well and, and knowing how much time and blood sweat and tears that you're putting into uh, each episode individually and and the entirety of the the seasons what what can people do to help because you guys have a patreon page right
3: yeah um, we're part of the uh, uh, omniverse patreon like the uh, um, nerdy show and omniverse are kind of all nerdy show and Ghostbusters are under the omniverse umbrella. Our Patreon is actually at patreon.com slash omniverse media because uh, Ghostbusters is under Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is under Omniverse Media. So anything that goes to the Omniverse Media Patreon will eventually help me out once we reach that tipping point. In the meantime, it's paying for things like, oh, trip to meet you guys over at the Fan Fest, you know, or anything right. else Ghostbusters related. It was early on, it was helping to pay our artists because we, you know, anyone who gets involved in Doing the artwork on the show or the artwork for the cards, which in this case was uh, was uh, was lovely, Matt Nicholson. Uh, he is. Uh, we we wanted to make sure he was paid, um, and we have to pay the people to print the cards. So that was another thing we had to pay to make these dice orders come in. Um, uh, we you know we had we had friends volunteering to help package all these things. So everything that we wanted to do to keep this big machine—it's not even a big machine—but the, the 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 machine that we have thrown together, <laughs> like uh, to keep that thing going—it all come it all comes from that. Um, it's not at a point yet where I can like not worry about any other income and can focus full time on it, although that is a dream. Um, but that is, that is the best way to help out. If people aren't that excited about Patreon, you could just reach out to us, do one-time donations via PayPal or anything else. Like, you know, we're, I'm never going to turn away any help, but, uh, I guess the other way to help is if you enjoy the show, just share it with people. You know, and please, I mean, reach out. I mean, sometimes I'll go quiet on Twitter and stuff, and I'm usually, you know, if I'm trying to edit or something, but the, the if you want a quick response on something, like a simple question or just saying, hey, just reach out to uh, the Ghostbusters uh, podcast on Twitter. It's G- at GB Resurrection on Twitter. Um, I answer questions in and out of character, so that's always a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I would say to, not just for myself, but for anyone who does anything creative, if you like a show or if you like a movie or if you like an actor, actress, or creator, just reach out to them somehow and tell them you enjoy their stuff because I'll go, like, a week working on something and be like, oh, man, you know, I uh, I got to finish this show and I got to edit this. And then I got four more episodes to. I haven't even started working on. I haven't even thought about it. But then I'll get, like, one tweet from somebody or a message or a review on iTunes or something and they just say, hey, I just discovered this. This is great. And, it, like, I'm not even – exaggerate this thing it makes my whole week like it's just like it it it, suddenly i dive back in i have to i have to work that much harder now um but uh yeah so please uh just let us know you're out there because it it makes it worth it
1: yeah it certainly helps to to know that people are listening and that they love and enjoy it yeah um well cool uh chris uh any anything else for our guest uh on this this episode
2: uh offhand no i think we've covered quite a bit of, of of uh stuff um well, I mean, we d- we didn't get a good answer to when the next episode's going to be. Out. Okay, okay. Well, that. listen, listen, listen. If you want to know when the okay, if you, you want to know when the very I'm just, next
3: episode, just I know you. Hey, no, but I'm just. But people, but people ask me, and I feel bad. It's like so. The very next episode uh, uh, will not be released publicly until the rest of the series is edited and ready for release. It will be released on Patreon. So if you join the Omniverse uh, Media Patreon you will hear the next episode, like, within the hour of me finishing it. Um, and I'm looking to finish it, uh, if not by the end of the month, then within the next week or two weeks. Probably by the time this would air, it's probably going to be within within the week that this airs, so I'm really going to push hard to try and finish it by then, but definitely by the end of the month. So um, an
2: excellent reason to uh, back you guys up on Patreon, then.
3: Yeah, I mean, also, you can hear outtakes like all the bloopers that we like. So, yeah, all the stuff that I do cut out that I normally think isn't like, it, it, like if. Uh, all, all the outtakes, that, the the mistakes that we make, or deleted scenes, or things that I didn't think were that funny, but people want to hear anyway. I, we even had some fans were questioning they wanted to hear a complete raw version of some of the episodes to hear how I GM. And I'm like, listen, if you want to hear the raw audio, it suddenly gets a lot less funny. <laughs> it's just like it just gets <laughs> a lot slower, and there's a lot more space between the jokes. But if you want to hear it, man, you know that that's on you. Um, but uh, yeah, other other than that, I would just say that uh, that's also the Getting the word out is the next best way to have us hopefully get more of this material in stock. Like if anyone wants to play with the cards or the dice or any of that, um, we're, we're we're out of stock because it it every time we put it in stock it would empty, and um, we're not looking to restock on any of it really anytime soon. I think editing the show needs to take precedence over that, but uh, it's it's it, we we are we're look. we're seeking out avenues to release stuff like that in a more official capacity. So if, uh, anyone from ghost core is interested, uh, I want to talk, <laughs> uh, because we have tons of stuff that we haven't even released yet. Rules regarding equipment that I haven't made cards for. Uh, we've been expanding this thing behind the scenes because of the more recent episodes and because of season three, which I won't say cause it's spoilers, but awesome stuff happens. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, Yeah, I don't even know where to go after this, just... Cap's Cap's making faces. What what do I need? Is there something I'm forgetting?
0: Hello there, this is Cap from Omniverse Media. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, here's the thing about the cards and all that stuff. The amount of interest we've had has been overwhelming to the point that our tiny little operation just can't manage. So uh, we are fully prepared to relaunch and rebrand This role-playing game for the 21st century. We have the tools, we have the talent, (laughs) and uh, we see infinite potential to take this, the greatest, simplest, most accessible, most fun tabletop role-playing game of all time, and bring it back into the world to make an authentic Ghostbusters resurrection.
3: Wow, you you gave the, you know, I was trying to think of like what what position you would be in. I said, ah, now Lewis Tolley's not right. You're just the real-life Dan Aykroyd of the
1: game here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah that was good and, and hopefully the right people are listening to make that happen because uh man that would be i'm in i'm in where take my money please don't wait another minute pick up your phone and call the professionals
3: go, go 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 stoppers. Stoppers. i'm sorry we'll do it again
2: we want to hear from you leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. It is dead. Oh, No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... Ghostbusters. Interdimensional cross On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want
0: to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? Ah!
2: If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC.
1: That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray.
3: But yeah, in the meantime, uh, uh, reach out to us on social media we're on Facebook we're on uh, Twitter at GB Resurrection um, I don't think we I mean just whatever I, I'm not hard to find I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pretty easy oh we have a Discord just join us on the Omniverse Discord um, I guess I can send you guys a link to that if you want to be able to post a link and we, the, I, we're, the two places we're most active are on our Discord and on Twitter that's the easiest and fastest way to get it and, and everything in
0: is at GBRPG.com the links to all that stuff perfect perfect and then, uh, D- D- Doug,
1: can I kind of tease our grand schemes, our grand uh, parking lot at FanFest schemes here as to maybe why Chris and I put together D- characters? Don't uh, tease them, few, just tell them. Why even why bother at this point? You're going to tease forever? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to put any more pressure on, on you or, you know, you got a lot on your plate at the moment. You,
3: but. You- uh, and you, yeah, put, you put uh, pressure on me the moment you said you wanted to play it. Listen, man, when I went out to FanFest, <laughs> I had an entire like three-session campaign set up that took place around FanFest in L.A. And then I get out, and everyone's like, sorry, we're too busy talking to like you know Ernie Hudson. Oh, sorry, we're too busy getting a photo with Ivan Reitman. And it's like, well, shoot, no one wants to play the game. All right, I, that's fine. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to save the game. And if they ever want to play, I'll have the thing ready to go. And then you guys go, and you make characters, and you're like... Yeah, we work for Peacock now. I'm like, well, what the heck? I just built this thing for Ghostbusters. You want to play a Peacock game? Well, fine. You know, now I got to plan that thing out. So I'm, I'm making like three different adventures now for for what what's what's going to happen next? You're going to tell me it takes place in Arizona? Uh, it could.
1: I mean, it's this is the this is the Wild Die, right?
3: We're
2: uh, set <laughs> that's some good for thinking, Doug. That's some good thinking. Let's do it in Arizona. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no, not now!
0: I already planned for something else.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, uh, hi there, producer extraordinaire, Cat Blackard, coming back. Uh, I just wanted to point out also to people listening that uh, Doug is a professionally hireable GM, and if you want to take all of his anxieties and ramp those way up, just uh, just drop him a line and he'll uh, he'll run a campaign for you yeah. too.
3: Well, hey, the anxiety getting ramped up is worth it if you're at least you know <clears throat> able to eat afterwards. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man. Uh, well, Doug cap, thank you so much for this. This has been a whole lot of fun. Uh, I am certainly looking forward to that campaign. We'll find a way we'll we'll have it take place in a, a remote outpost in Antarctica. Um, we'll, we'll send you the details on that later. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, go hit up the websites, go hit up the Patreon, go hit up their Discord, and uh, by all means, uh, jump into the game if you haven't already, because it's it's a fun role-playing game, as Cap said, and uh, you will enjoy every moment of it.
3: Yeah. the And, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up uh, if you ever want to go into another deep dive on the show about, like, oh, I don't know, like, how Vigo is actually a lich, you know, <laughs> or uh, interpreting, like, wait, so when the movies did this, and, okay, so, like, I keep, I keep, Talk, I told you I talk at great length, and I'm sorry. So feel free to cut this if you don't want to go into it. But if um, you know how Star Wars mythology and the, like all the all the legends and stuff, and all these little details, they really stemmed out of the role playing game. Yeah. Uh, that that well, actually, it was West End Games. Funny enough, um, all the little details they set up are still being mined to this day to make stuff even in the new films. Um, learning to play this game has had me has given me like a new perspective on the films and on the comics of like, well, how would that work if this was in the game? And that's how I'm able to like say, Hey, so this is okay. Vigo, he's a lich. And this is this Slimer is actually this, and this is this. Uh, so if you ever want to have like, you know, a quick, uh, five minute, 10 minute, or even half hour, four, or five hour discussion on something like that through the lens of the game, uh, I'm all ears because I'm, oh, I am, Oh, I had a friend of mine actually reach out says he actually works over at the metropolitan, uh, museum uh, in, uh, in New York and he there was a joke running around with the uh, <laughs> with them that that uh, a ghost of a former employee like haunted the area and he goes hey listen how would that work? Can you give me, like, a rating? Because I want to send out an email to be on the alert for this thing. So I actually classified a ghost for him. <laughs> like, to say, hey, all right, in the email, send out this. And I would need this and this and this and this. Goes, okay, great. So, yeah, just any anything that can distract me from editing uh, that is, is, is always really welcome.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't even touch this, on the
2: Vigo term paper, which I adore, by the way. Um, yeah. this, That's the kind of thing, Doug, that in, like, 150 years, uh, historians and scholars will be looking back and scoffing at... The foolish uh, older uh, times people working at the museum <laughs> who thought there was a real ghost around. Look, we have we have this document here. We have this this electronic mail that they sent around warning people. Look for, Oh, foolish, superstitious 21st century people. There's no yeah. such thing as ghosts. Oh, historians well, I, hate people like you, Doug.
3: It's the, hey, it, it's the only way I'm going to achieve immortality in some form. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, we'll we'll have to have you back on Doug cuz this this uh, I feel like we could keep talking for another hour. Um, but No, and uh,
3: yeah, it just pick the topic, man. I'll be there. I
1: love it. I love it. Well, thank thank you again, sir. And uh, yes, please please go hit up all of the uh, the websites for the go- the Ghostbusters Resurrection role-playing game because uh, you guys you guys do a lot of awesome work. Thank thank you, Doug. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks, Doug. Who you going to call?
0: Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross rip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net.
2: It used to be one of my two favorite
0: shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that.
2: We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue.
0: <laughs> Next week, though, Careless Cats. We're. <laughs>